Welcome to the AWS Health Innovation Podcast, where you can learn from entrepreneurs and investors who are driving progress in healthcare and life science across the globe. My name is Joe Schunkweiler. I'm a physician and former health tech executive. And my name is Alex Merwin. I'm an operations executive who's worked at two startups that exited as unicorns. And now Joe and I work with healthcare and life science startups and investors at AWS. Today, I'm joined by Emilio Galan, CEO and founder of Robin, a company that combines AI technology and trained medical scribes to save time and deliver a seamless experience that integrates directly into the medical record. Emilio and I discuss how Robin is addressing the administrative burden on providers and how that is linked to reimbursement models, why they see disentangling the medical workflow and administrative workflow as a key driver of reducing burden, and why he believes patients will demand that their providers utilize ambient listening technology at some point in the near future. Enjoy. Emilio Galan, CEO and founder of Robin, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure, Joe. Thanks for having me. To start off, can you tell us a bit about Robin and what you all do? Yeah, I can. Started Robin five years ago. The mission we set off on was to remove barriers to health. And really what we focus on is removing administrative barriers from the day-to-day practice of docs so that they can just focus on caring for their patients. And that to do that, we have a device that sits in the exam room with docs and patients and ambiently performs a number of the back office functions for them that they can just focus on care. And we've come a long way over the last five years and have a few stories to tell. Hopefully we get into during the call. Excellent. And what about your own journey? How did you come to this and what made you choose this point of attack for the healthcare universe? How far back should we go? (laughs) (laughs) I have to say, for the, in the interest of the listeners, I am, I'm, I've heard a bit of this before. As someone else who's a former clinician, take me back to that, that spark that made you want to go into to medicine as a field broadly to begin with. How about that? Yeah, sure. Um, the journey to medicine begins further back than the journey to Robin. Actually begins in high school. I was unexpectedly diagnosed with an autoimmune condition out of the blue. And uh, it's kind of a world rocking event. And all of a sudden medicine and doctors became a very regular part of my life and became very personally interesting to me and relevant. And it was around that time and I said, I wanted to do something in medicine and didn't know exactly what that would be, but began working uh, in a few different clinics to try and get exposed. Uh, one of those clinics um, ended up being a more of a startup than anything else. And so I got introduced to startup in healthcare very early on. And I think both of those things with my own personal experience and that exposure, that startup have led me more or less on a direct path to here. More, let's say, recent history went off and did begin my journey to become a doc here in the Bay Area. So went off to medical school. And that's where I became like more acutely concerned about doctors and trying to become one. I had 
during training, multiple docs quit or pull back hours, stop seeing patients to do a different part of healthcare work. And a group here in the Bay Area formed called the Dropout Docs. I didn't anticipate becoming one. I think the exposure to lots of docs uh, who were unhappy with practice, burned out by the kind of administrative overhead and burden, definitely led me there and led to founding Robin. And then you went right after that challenge that you were seeing in the medical space in the, from a startup perspective. And I'm curious, who are you selling to now? And how does that get at that problem that you were seeing out there in the market? Teasing apart the problem, as often I think is the case in healthcare, is, is really, really hard. My journey through that problem space was trying to figure out what, why is there so much burden on the docs in the first place? And our hypothesis for that is it's the way that they are paid. And thinking through how we wish doctors were paid based on outcomes, how we think most doctors are paid, which is based on services and a fee-for-service model. And what our perspective is now, which is that neither of those are actually true, it's that docs get paid for what they write down. And that, therefore, we wanted to create a solution that allowed them to practice and be able to adjudicate payments without the burden of the paperwork and writing every little thing down. So that's where we really focused our solution and technology on. And so when we're thinking about clients, um, we wanted to make sure that we could get into practices that can adopt technology quickly. And so today that's exactly where we're focused. We have a few little system clients, but really focused on that large independent space. And in the space, I know the so much of the effort is around workflow integration. So anything that you do that is part of the reduction in administrative burden that you're alluding to is all about how does it fit in the workflow and doesn't involve any additional work, obviously, but double documentation or anything that gets outside of that because then it's adding to that, not subtracting from it. Yes, Talk me through how you and your team approach that as you've been developing the product and how has that evolved? Yeah, very simple. The simple equation is docs do less. As we approach the workflow, the key ingredient is docs do less. So anything that we do or any piece of the workflow that we touch, the net outcome must be that doctors end up doing less of that work and can focus more on the patient and the actual healthcare that they do. What we're trying to do is disentangle that medical workflow from the administrative workflow uh, within the room. And I think physicians really want us to be unencumbered by administration. And unfortunately today, most practices have billing and payment imperatives baked into almost every component of care. So we believe that over time, Robin, by being in the room at the moment of the patient visit can actually filter out those administrative tasks and that billing and payment work away from the physician so that they're no longer subject 
to interrogations by the back office and patient treatment is no longer slowed down by some doc missing a checkbox and a revenue cycle interface. And what about EHR integration? Yeah, such an important question. And the, the relevant information and kind of backbones of these practices live in so many systems, of course, EHR being one of them and the practice management system being one of them. So where we can, we'll build a robust HL7 or API-based integration and have that with several EMRs and the same time for the speed and ease of implementation, we'll often create unique login permissions for our own team to be able to interact, sign in and write directly into the EMR. Has that vision shifted at all since you founded the company? Are there things that you thought you would be addressing early on that you aren't now or vice versa? Not really. The basic vision of the company hasn't changed. Like all founders, I, of course, expected some things to be easier and expected some things to be successful sooner. But I never really imagined that the company today would be the magnet for talent that it has. There's been a ton of enthusiasm. So at least three of my senior execs have been CEOs of other companies, other healthcare companies. And so it's just been phenomenal to build out that team. We remain on the path we started on. Let's remove barriers to health. Let's let docs just do their thing, focusing on patients. And let's do it from the room and making progress every day. I'm struck by how straightforward and simple the approach is. And I wonder if that's driven the interest from talented folks and growth in the business. I'm seeding the, the discussion here, but I'm curious, has that been a strength for you? Like it's a much simpler story than you usually yeah. hear in, in the healthcare space. Yeah, there's a lot of esoteric wonkiness that comes out in the typical healthcare approach. I think so. I think there's this simplicity of Ashra that's, that actually simplifies and brings together a whole lot of what other folks in the industry are looking for. And so I think the reason why we've been able to attract the team and the interest is because there's this fundamental simplification. Instead of asking every doc to write things down in their own way, and then try and use that as the backbone of how things get paid, how the backbone of how things get viewed from compliance, et cetera. Let dogs practice and rely on technology, ambient technology in the room as a better data source to do those downstream functions. And it, it's that fundamental simplicity, I think that you're exactly right, has been a, a huge deal for us. When you're out talking to new potential new customers and clients, what metrics do you lead with? What do you bring in to say, here's a simple story, but your outcomes are X, Y, Z. What are your leading indicators that you're, you're bringing out into the marketplace? Yeah, it's a great question. So as a company, the thing that we would say, of course, is our growth, client satisfaction. That's number one goal. Everything that follows from that, don't have happy customers. Of course, you can't grow, you can't make margin, you can't recruit, you can't motivate. 
the economic metrics for us come later for the clients. Like when I sit down with a new group or a new set of docs, the thing first and foremost is docs do less. Mm-hmm. Have docs do less work that distracts from their fundamental mission of providing great healthcare and keeps them tied to computers and checkboxes late into the evening. The uh, broader conversation that we have that I think does differentiate us is with the practice of what it means for that overall group, that overall practice or that overall system uh, in terms of uh, really fine tuning the data so that you have a better set of information with which to achieve these billing and administrative imperatives downstream. And so that dual approach of let's have docs do less and let's uh, power a better way for these practices to achieve their billing requirements and their administrative requirements has been the combination that's been really successful for us. Do you find in those discussions that you're opening up data sources and data visualization that they may not have ever had previously. So not only are you capturing it in a new way, you're then presenting it back to them in a new way that drives whatever their goals are, whether that's patient flow, billing, whatever it is. So you're touching on two new areas, I would imagine. Yeah, it's it's hard for us not to do that, frankly, because there's this whole new data set for them to be able to ask really important questions. Questions like, what's the patient experience and sentiment? Uh, Questions like, how are the doctors doing? What do we need to think about from an administrative perspective? Uh, How we're performing financially, how we're performing from a liability standpoint, how are we complying with the latest rules or with our own internal quality improvement programs? There's a richness there that they have not had historically. And so they do definitely get excited about that. There's no question that better data is going to lead to better health, better performing docs, better performing systems. And so being able to be the source of that data is really gratifying for us. How much of a line of sight do you have into patient reaction to that? Do you hear what the like, what comes out of the physician or clinician patient interaction and what it means to not have your provider behind a keyboard the entire time throughout your visit. And we imagine a point at which doc patients will demand it. <laughs> patients will expect that the doctor they're going to see is actually focused on them. And you hear these stories where you go in for a serious condition patient's gone in and they have something that really needs to get addressed and their doctor is turned around typing away on a keyboard rather than engaging with them and almost robotically going through question or reporting out findings rather than really doing I think what docs want to do which is take care of folks and the experience that we have today is, is pretty simple. It's Robin's in the room. Your doctor gets to really engage you, look at you, and not focus on the computer. Um, so that is definitely one of the uh, things that are push, that's pushing adoption uh, across these docs 
across these practices. Do you get feedback from the providers that are that are using Robin right now? And how do you cycle that back into product development? Because based on my own experience living in that world, it's a particularly, it can be a challenging user base to break into, but they're not shy. How do you incorporate that feedback? What's your pipeline to get that back into the product development cycle? Our experience is exactly what you described. Once you have the relationship with these docs, it's great. They will tell you what they want, what they need, how to improve the service, and what else could you want? We get feedback in a lot of different ways from an email to a text to a call to someone might say something to the device itself to our team will go and meet with them and uh, during those meetings we'll ask hey, what can we do better and so uh, frequently getting the feedback and then goes through any kind of product driven process which is what gets prioritized and then put on the roadmap the Service from a user experience uh, has actually evolved, but it has not fundamentally changed. It's that you are expected to do less. You're not expected to uh, really engage with the device. We're not another distraction in the room for you to have to appease, but rather you can do what you need to focus on the patient. We'll take care of the rest to make sure that you can get paid and that your practice has what it needs. So I think it's been a pretty sticky experience for them. I had a doc this week who said, Robin's the best thing since digital x-rays. I just, I love that. Um, I pray. Yeah, those are are the kinds of uh, feedback that uh, really make us uh, excited to do what we're doing. I love the image of um, a clinician like my father or grandfather, who are both physicians, just sort of like shouting their feedback at the device in between <laughs> patients, which is probably- uh, You can imagine it. Yeah, you I can definitely imagine it. imagine it. Yeah, I can definitely imagine it. So I, I have a, a very fond appreciation for that type of mindset. Two, two areas that are forward-looking that I'd love your thoughts on and how- and how Robin and what you're doing now fits into the space. One are the new payment models that are emerging. Value-based care is very much a, 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 a buzzword or a buzz phrase now in the space, but it's actually becoming a real thing. And I'm curious how you see what you're doing now supporting those new pay mod- payment models, including value-based care. And then as a follow-on, the technology itself, what are you tracking in terms of evolution in voice technology, natural language processing? Amazon and AWS, obviously, we believe very strongly in, in the future of these technological advances to capture more data, to democratize access to data, to break down silos and barriers. But I'd love to hear from you living and breathing this every day. Like, Where do the payment models and the technology fit and how do they converge? Yeah, it's a great question. So on the payment model changes, everyone wants the system to transition to something like you get paid for outcomes. Uh, And the dream of more value-based care models, I think you're totally right. We are seeing the evidence that it's becoming real, and that's super exciting. As the risk 
or the burden of figuring out how should dollars be spent in healthcare gets pushed from, say, Medicare and CMS down to other entities and especially entities that in the most recent ACO REACH deal where they're wanting these risk-bearing entities to be physician-owned. Um, the as, as that burden of how should we spend our dollars in the healthcare system gets pushed down, there's a really important role to play of having better data and having better information. I think even more so. So today, Robin produced a CPT code, CPIC codes, modifier codes, ENMs, ICD-10s for the purposes of, of kind of supporting this existing fee-for-service payment model. But in well, where you're, you're having to make the decisions of how do we manage the actual spend of healthcare and how do we do that really intelligently? I think there's no question that uh, better information, information directly from the room, the, the richest set that you can get is going to be a really key asset and an important part of making those decisions. And so I think that the work that Robin does in the current payment models is, is important and it's helpful but that the work that we can do in value-based care payment models actually is more important. To the question of technology, the key metrics for us is really how far can the technology go and how accurate is it in gathering information automatically and being able to process it so that we can get those insights back to practices and the things that they need more efficiently, more timely, and more automatically. And there's a whole range of technologies that go into delivering that. From how accurate does the technology turn speech, just back and forth, natural language, into text. And then a whole separate set of technologies that how accurately can it interpret that text and figure out the meaning of that text. And where you have multiple people talking in a room and they're talking over one another and they're talking about complex topics, that is a very challenging technical problem that I think is making leaps and bounds in being solved, but we're still a ways out from it being perfect. And so we're looking at that technology, how do we invest in it? How do we improve it? And how do we use it today to its maximum capacity to deliver value for our docs? So they can focus on patients and we can rebuild technical infrastructure of payment within healthcare. Emilio, as we wrap here, I'd love to hear what your advice is for other founders who are looking to develop products that empower this provider-patient interaction. I've heard the word sacred used before and not ironically for that. And it, you're going right at that interaction that's so crucial to the way we deliver healthcare globally, um, but particularly in the United States where there's such an administrative burden. So what advice do you have if I was a founder coming to you and saying, hey, I want to play in that exact same space? Like what are some of the guiding principles that you found? Yeah, I, I think guiding principle number one is to not think about what can you add to that 
experience, but instead, what can you remove? There's so many things that are in the doctor's, in their kind of windshield while they're trying to take care of patients. So many distractions, so many pop-ups, so many tools, so many apps that uh, the first thing is what can be removed as the primary function of what you're trying to build has been very helpful for us in guiding how we build, what we build, and what we're trying to deliver overall. And if we can remove enough of the administrative overhead, enough of the distractions from that practice for the docs, we will improve care. We will extend life. We will allow docs to be better at what they've been trained to do. And so focusing on the removal of barriers, obviously that's our mission, is I think a really helpful philosophy. The idea that just letting docs be able to focus on practice in itself is a net benefit to the system. There's lots of thought that can we make doctors smarter? Can we make them better? Can we automate some clinical decision-making for them? Lots of interest in clinical decision support. I think that's fine and well, but the idea that Docs could really just spend 95% of their time focused on patient care rather than splitting it so deeply with these billing imperatives, et cetera. That in itself, letting docs be docs is going to have a net benefit to patients and the overall health of the system. So just acknowledging that net benefit rather than trying to make the individual doc better with some kind of cyborg application. And lastly, the experience of that patient and provider interaction, I think will change as the economics change. The role of economics in shaping that experience between doctors and patients really just can't be overstated. We just follow the why of the modern day experience, docs, backs turn going through these forms. I think that you can point directly to the way that they're reimbursed as the reason for that. And the biggest uh, kind of fundamental problem to solve as we think about the patient-doctor interaction, allowing docs to get paid for things like outcomes, or even just allowing them to get paid for what they do rather than what they write down would both allow for a better experience. And so keeping an eye on the economics, I think is the last thing that I would add in terms of trying to improve that experience. Emilio Galan, CEO and founder of Robin. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, thank you, Joe. Appreciate it. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a review and rating. It helps others find us. To learn more about how AWS supports startups, please go to aws.amazon.com startups.